one of the hardest lessons, and it's just a hard lesson. I mean, I, I, I haven't figured out how to soften this, so it's just a tough lesson. But one of the hardest lessons you have to learn is that progress is never permanent. And that's tough because you work your butt off. You do all sorts of Herculean things to get an organization, your organization, the organization you care about a ton, to improve. And it happens. And everyone's super happy. There are parties and pizza and, yeah, this is great. We're doing it. Yahoo! And then later on, someplace along the way, you watch that very organization that you carefully, carefully shepherded into improvement fade back and fall into the same old crap. Hey everybody, Todd Conklin, Pre-Accident Investigation. Today, my friends on the pod, you and I will have a conversation. Because we have to. And we probably need to have this conversation every couple of years. I don't ever want to have this conversation. I'm against it. If you look at my record, totally against it. But I think we have to. Because the idea somehow, and maybe I should rephrase that. The fantasy somehow that progress is permanent. And that once we get there, we're there, and there's no going back. I mean, that's really seductive. That is amazing to think about. Oh, that's beautiful. The problem is, is it's not real. And the organization itself is always in some kind of fluctuation. That's just kind of how it works. And I think we can either curse it or light a candle. I mean, that's those kind of the two options. I mean, that's kind of on the extremes. There's probably some middle options in there. But generally speaking, being angry that your organization slid back to its old ways doesn't really help anything. I mean, it, it doesn't make anything better. It's kind of a useless uh, expenditure of energy that you're not going to get back, and nobody's got extra energy right now. I mean, I'm, I'm at the edge of having extra energy. I got none, Right. And so the idea that organizations will ebb and flow or that progress ebbs and flows is not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing. And because it's a thing, it becomes a condition of how we do our work. Now, the good news is, is we share this with everybody else who's interested in improving something. We're all in the same boat together. Uh, there's not separate boats there's not good boats and bad boats and great boats and sucky boats. It's all just boats. And organizations are working desperately hard to make things go better. And that's a pretty important part of what we want to talk about. The pod's been really fun lately. I don't know. I've really enjoyed the time we've had. And the last couple episodes have been just, at least to me, I don't know about you, but super interesting. I mean, I always think I'm going to run out of stuff to talk about. I mean, I really do think that. I think, you know, I'm sure there's nothing left. What, what else What else can we talk about? It's, it's We've talked about a bunch of stuff. That is never the problem. In fact, it's quite the opposite. There's always way more content and way more people that want to be on the podcast than I have time for or that I can sit down and actually coordinate getting everything together. It's, 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 it's not that there's not stuff to talk about. There's a ton of stuff to talk about. And that part's good. I try to be a little selective. I don't know if you notice this. And I try to put stuff on 
that I think will interest you and and you'll see value in it. I try to not put stuff on that's selling stuff because you get enough of that anyway. I mean, you get a zillion emails trying to sell you stuff. So I don't think they need another way to sell stuff. So I, I sort of filter that out. But I'm kind of wide open to these ideas. Mostly what I think the podcast does is allows us an opportunity to just have a little conversation. And what's amazing to me is how many people have chosen to be a part of the conversation. That that stuns me. I mean, and so that means if a lot of people are listening, then we should make sure these little conversations we have a couple times a week have value. And so that's kind of the test I use, and it's going well. It's been such an interesting year. Actually, let me take that back. It's been an interesting bunch of years, but this year's interesting just because we're in this really bizarre sort of restoration process. It's not really a recovery process because a lot of us never stopped working, so there's not really a recovery action to take. A bunch of us did, but a lot of us didn't. It's really more of a restorative process. We're restoring to a new operational level, whatever that means. And there's new definitions of stuff. I mean, it's so interesting. I had the most amazing conversation with a person who manages kind of a lot of really smart people and does really important, smart, critical work. And that could be you because you you meet that same test as well. And we talked about bringing people back into the office and how much their turnaround numbers have changed, how high their attrition rate is right now, how people are really pretty open about what they want and how that's really put their leadership in a position where they've never really had to deal with that before. And that's been a super, super interesting discussion. I love those discussions because it means I get to learn stuff and I'm just constantly learning stuff. And it's so interesting right now. Those of you that are in leadership positions, I mean, it's, I don't know if you've noticed, I have noticed that the world is a different place now. Not bad or good, kind of like I said earlier in the introduction as we talk about sort of progress. It's just that all the things we worked diligently to feel comfortable about, you know, like the way we hire people and the way people come to work and the way we do performance evaluations, all of those things have been sort of coded in our DNA. And all of those things, kind of all of them, I mean, it's freaky, all of them are changing. And that means everybody has to sort of learn a new way. Certainly the people who are taking the the stuff, I'm trying to say, the people on the, the people being evaluated, the, the, the workers are having to learn a new way and are very vocal about what they want, which is great because it helps us be smarter. But the people who are doing the evaluations, they also have to learn as well. And the question I have for you, and it's kind of a, a genuine question, is this changing classic Tayloristic understanding of our organization? And if you don't know the, the notion of Taylorism, it's Frederick Taylor, 1911, the scientific method of managing work. Taylor said we should really separate thinking from doing. We should really separate leadership from workmanship. And if we keep them really separate, we become more efficient and both sides get better. And that really stuck. It's wrong, but it stuck really well. But now we're in a world where those old Tayloristic ideas 
I'm not sure they hold as much water as they once did. Well, in fact, I'm kind of certain they don't hold as much water as they once did. And that's really made for an interesting part of the discussion as well. All of these things are sort of playing together, at least in my mind, because that's kind of what this one is. It's just uh, what I've been thinking about. But it, it sort of goes back to the theme of today. And I think that theme's pretty important. We should probably try to jump into it. So here's where I'm going with my discussion with you guys earlier. And that is that the idea that organizations will get better and stay better is, is appealing and I think is what we think when we do this work, but it's not accurate because every organization will ebb and flow. One of the biggest troubles I got into in this podcast is when I said something that I still to this day believe, and that is your program is one new senior leader away from starting again. And man, I got taken to task. Oh, the comments on that were hardcore. You know, if you did a better job and you ingrained it in the culture, this wouldn't be true. And no one leader has that much power. I don't see that, at least in my experience. I'm super curious to look for research as it specifically applies to safety programs. There's a ton of research as it applies to organizational culture. That's out there. And here's what I'm going to tell you. How leadership responds is really paramount to creating the culture, not an outcome of the culture. And yet it is kind of an outcome. It's not a closed loop, this. And if you look at sort of the culture model, like, like the one that Edgar Schein, God rest his soul, created years ago that says you start with some basic assumptions – which influence beliefs, which influence the actions, which creates the organization, right? So you, if you imagine a little, uh, like a, a little cycle, like a, a circle, it would start with basic assumptions, beliefs, actions, organizational culture, and they're all sort of connected because then the organizational culture influences the basic assumptions, which influence the actions, which influence the culture. You can kind of see where we are, right? Now, that's not a closed-loop system. And so new leadership will absolutely change the culture. And that's a part of it as well. But where this gets most interesting is that organizations really do ebb and flow. And progress is not stable. It's never been stable. Progress is something that happens. And then we move back and forth. And maybe we'll gain a tiny bit of ground. Maybe we'll gain a lot of ground. But we also will lose some ground eventually. Because we're going to go back to sort of the old ways. Not that the old ways are bad, don't get me wrong, but the old ways are comfortable and there's a reason they're the old ways. And that's because most likely because of efficiency and convenience, it's easier to blame the worker than it is to blame the system, right? And remember, systems are constantly trying to influence themselves and systems will do whatever it takes to keep themselves alive. And so now you're in a position and it's an interesting position to be in where here's what we know. Your organization will get way better and then fall back and get way better and fall back. And what I've found, and this is the part we should talk about, is that knowing that is pretty helpful because knowing that allows you to have these conversations, especially with the leadership, around the fact that it's normal to ebb and flow. It's normal for things to get better and things to get worse. And what's important about that is that we're constantly monitoring and learning. You'll notice I didn't say measure. I said monitor. You know the difference, so let's stick with that. But because we're constantly monitoring and learning, 
what happens is we have the ability to sort of understand where we are on that journey. Think of it kind of like a gas gauge. A gas gauge allows you to monitor and determine what's going to happen next. I got a lot of gas. I'm fine. I'll go. I need to buy gas. I need to go and buy some gas, right? I mean, you're monitoring sort of the capacity that's in the system, and you're doing that by understanding how those changes take place. That's a pretty valuable part of how you think about and understand progress. But progress is not permanent. It's never permanent. It's not going to be permanent. It doesn't have the ability to be permanent. And so there we go. We're on that journey in a big way in order to understand where we're moving. Now, why this matters, and I think it does matter to us, is because the belief that somehow we'll permanently change the organization permeates every level of the organization. And so when things fall back to the old ways, a lot of people are disappointed, kind of at both ends of the stick. The people on the pointy end of the stick are certainly disappointed because they're like, hey, I thought this was going to change. I thought we were going to be better, right? You guys talk a big game, but then when stuff happens, you fall down like a house of cards. Fair enough. That's a fair thing to say. The weird thing is that same insecurity lives on the leadership end of the stick as well. We're diligently making this better, but we can't seem to sustain this improvement. Well, there you go. That's the time when you say, well, nobody promised unlimited sustainability of improvement. That that wasn't in the deal. We knew we were going to move forward, and we also knew that we were going to fall back. And what's interesting is knowing when those two things are happening allows us to adjust our responses so that we can put in course corrections to move us back towards this idea of improvement. And that's really important. I mean, that's key. That's how things work for us. And that knowledge, which is vital to understanding how things happen, that's helpful. At least I think so. I'm curious if you do, but I think so. And, And the way to think about it is to think we've worked hard to code this change into our organizational behavior, our organizational culture is probably a better word. We can code that in hardcore by building systems around that. But even with systems built around that, we're still going to get that drift backwards. That's going to happen. Knowing that happens allows us the opportunity to really have the conversation that says we're moving in the wrong direction. But that's okay. It's predictable. It's normal. We knew it would happen. We've got to sort of understand that movement in the wrong direction, learn from it, figure out why it took place and how it happened, and then adjust and move back towards improvement. Because remember the key, this is kind of a Los Alamos National Laboratory thing to say, but the key is is you want to default towards getting better. So put your default adjustment on improvement. Because when you improve, things go better. I know. It's the most obvious thing in the world to say, sorry, but I'm filled with obvious stuff. That's what I do. But that's what we want is for things to go better. And improvement is a deliberate strategy. And knowing that we'll drift backwards, we'll drift, we'll we'll ebb and flow backwards and forwards allows us to build that adjustment for that variation 
into our improvement strategy, into our learning strategy. That's key. I mean, that's vital to what we do. It's also pretty vital to how we do our work. But what I really think it brings to the table between you and I, and I think it's pretty important, is an understanding that this is going to happen. And the weird thing about knowing it's going to happen is that it moves from some kind of moral or professional failure, right? Because that's how it feels when it takes place into a complete different space. And the space is, is this is a predictable part of any organization's culture. When it happens, we need to recognize it happens. We need to learn from it and then work deliberately towards improving again. We know how to do it because we did it before, so it's not going to be a hard trip. We know how to get better. Let's re-engage those things that got us better. Let's double down on them and move the organization back towards a new way of thinking. See, that doesn't sound as bad as we're all screwed and the world's over and we're doomed, which is kind of what it feels like. It's really kind of a different approach. And I don't think I'm being Pollyanna-ish. Well, I know I'm not being Pollyanna-ish. I've seen this happen a million times. What I'm saying is it's predictable. And because it's predictable, we can actually build capacity in the system. We can talk about it before it happens. We can say before we start drifting backwards that eventually we're going to drift backwards. We're going to find ourselves moving backwards. And when we do, what's our strategy? And it's a really cool conversation to have that conversation before you find yourself moving in the wrong direction. That, that gives some people some power. And that's an important thing to think about as well. It's a really interesting time to be alive. There's no question about it. It's a very interesting time to do the work you're doing. And the organization's fact that it ebbs and flows, that's just normal. That's just a part of what happens. So there you go. That is the pod for OI for today. Very interesting little pod, don't you think? I mean, I wanted to talk about this because I, I, I had a big conversation with an organization that's really in this idea. They, they took a really good program that was actually really working well for them. And because of really economic and geopolitical pressure, they tried to simplify their safety program and take away a lot of the things that took manpower and resource and automate. So like things like operational learning and they moved back to sort of an off the shelf investigation protocol and their learning teams became really kind of almost, well, they, they computerized them. So almost robotic. And that was a really interesting challenge. Sorry, I had to sneeze. That pause was a sneeze. Did you hear it? I hope not. But when they did all those things, they started having more fatalities, which is something they didn't want uh, at all. And so they talked to me about it, and it was really interesting because they were in shock that this had happened. And yet when you looked at it sort of diagnostically, you could see why everything moved away. I mean, they just... They, did, they stopped resourcing it because it was expensive. And it's hard, to resource, it's hard to resource a fatality prevention program if nobody dies because it's hard to get the value out of the fact that nothing's happening. We know that. We've talked about it a million times. And so they moved backwards. But what was so interesting in that conversation was the shock that the organization at the senior level 
had that the improvement wasn't permanent. And I said, but no improvement's permanent. I mean, the market's not ever permanent. The price of your product is never permanent. It fluctuates minutely, secondly, certainly daily and weekly and monthly. Why would this be permanent? And it's only going to be permanent if, in fact, you continue to resource it and actually challenge the program to continually improve, which they got. I mean, I I think it was an okay meeting. And it was kind of tough because I felt bad for them because they really did – they everything they were doing they thought was the right thing to do. There was no ill intent at any level. And yet the problem is is exactly what we talked about. Because bad things weren't happening – They thought, well, we're spending too much time looking at and learning from operations that don't ever fail. We probably don't need to spend time on that because this is clearly stable. And then as soon as they stopped learning and they stopped actually paying the operational attention, they stopped validating and verifying the presence of safeguards in their system, then when it failed, it failed catastrophically and people died. I mean, it's pretty – I mean, that's what happened. I'm not super proud of that. They weren't proud of it at all, but, I mean, that's what took place. And that was a function, really, of the organization moving away from improvement and towards, in this case, probably efficiency, although I would suggest that's not true either because when you have a lot of serious accidents, efficiencies kind of goes away and everything is about recoverability. So that became quite a little discussion. And it made me think, well, maybe we should talk about this on the podcast because the podcast is a pretty good place to have this conversation. And I think all of us, certainly me, speaking for myself, I know exactly what this feels like. I've watched my organization do it a million times. And you have too. And that's normal. And that's kind of the good part. Because it's normal, we can see it as a condition and build capacity in the system to learn and improve, knowing that improvement is a deliberate strategy. What do you think? I know, it's a weird podcast. You guys wanted it, so I'm glad to talk about it. But it's, uh, what a thing to talk about. It's crazy. But it's crazy time, so might as well talk about crazy crap during a crazy time. That is what I wanted to accomplish so we're going to be done. I mean, that's it. Learn something new every single day. Have as much fun as you possibly can. Be good to each other. Check in on one another. And for goodness sakes, you guys, be safe. 